Hello everyone, it's Philip here, and if you can't already tell, I'm not very well at the moment, but I've been wanting to get back into my Friday podcasts for a while, so I'm doing it. Uh, This episode is taken from my recent Substack post, in fact they're both going to get published at the same time, called You Can Name My Upcoming Comedy Book, now it's free to join my Substack, totally free. Um, that's all I have to say about it. There's no sales pitch here. Uh, but yeah, I've got an upcoming uh, poetry comedy book. I've been writing it for a while. And um, basically this podcast episode is going to just outline what's going on in that post and also some additional stuff such as why I kind of moved away from the poetry performance scene a little bit. Um, I'll get that over with first. So basically there's... Anyone who's an artist knows that, you know, some some spaces can be difficult to navigate. Um, You know, I've had musician friends who struggled to get through university because people would have this attitude where, oh, well, one in 200 of us are going to get popular enough to make a living doing music, so we need to bully everybody else so we're the only ones left who are mentally stable enough to pursue that career. And there are like, there are genuinely quite horrible people in the arts, especially when you're starting out. Um, I encountered a bit of that in poetry a few years ago. It didn't bother me so much, um, but it's like started to creep up on me now where I realised that even after you've sort of abandoned those circles and you've found open mic nights, which are quite welcoming to your weird brand of sci-fi comedy poetry, there's still a sense of isolation and alienation and I even started hosting nights for people but it got to a point where I thought I don't actually belong here anymore I'm I'm in such a different genre and for the last few times I'd go just to support people in what they were doing even though I wasn't the target audience for it like I would sit through people's performances and not understand them and not understand why they'd written those poems or really what they meant and what they were supposed to do what what was the point of putting them on stage and I feel like that's the kind of same experience they probably had with me where they were like why is he doing jokes about robot crabs I thought we were all here to talk about our ex-boyfriends um so I've kind of moved away from the the scene when it's got pleasant for me which is quite weird and I don't know whether that's because uh my brain seeks out novelty uh, if anybody follows me from my Lego account, Grumble Bricks, on Instagram, I went viral on Instagram for my Lego models a few years ago and consistently just keep reaching thousands of people every week. And the people on the internet, real people, like what I'm doing. But then when I go to the crowdfunding platforms, well, they're not crowdfunding platforms, they're crowd voting platforms. When I get to them, the crowd is a lot different, and people prefer nostalgia. That's why there's a lot of Lego sets based um, that come out from from Lego ideas. Most of the stuff is something that's nostalgic, such as the Lego Friends set. So I think they did Queer Eye for the Straight Guy as well at some point, or a similar program. Whereas I was bringing something new and weird to the table. Um, and if I was doing something that was fairly normal my own personal circumstances meant that I'd put my project out slightly later than somebody else putting out a similar project, and then I wouldn't have a chance, because if one thing starts getting votes, that kind of sucks up 
all of the votes and steamrolls everything else. So it's I forgot where I was going with this. I, <laughs> I've got a real bad fever at the moment. Um, I've I literally I bought a thirty five pound curry last night, just in the vain hopes, vague hopes, vain hopes. I don't know that I'd sweat out the evil that is currently coursing through my veins. And for the most part, <laughs> it worked. But I keep falling asleep randomly and like struggling to breathe if I lie down. Um, so I might actually just try and power through this and do a live stream immediately after this. Um, but yeah, so the Lego scene is going great for me. The poetry scene, I feel like I've not found the right crowd yet. I've been invited. I got invited to host a battle rap event by my friend Ryan, um, who's a genius when it comes to battle rap, which is really nice for me to say and think about because last time I met him in person, he I actually said something to him and he went, oh, that's brilliant, I'll use that in a line. So he asked, he asked for my permission to just take one of my, you know, many angry outbursts and, <laughs> and use it for his material, which I'm more than happy for him to do. But I was supposed to host a night for him in Armskirk and due to personal like finances, I, I couldn't do it. But I, I'm in a better position now, so I might, I might have to message him and say, hey, I can do that thing. I don't know if it's still happening. Um, but yeah, I kind of left the poetry scene because there's some, not the people at the open mics that I was going to, but there's some people adjacent to that scene who had, you know, oddly enough, they'd become sort of unwelcome in those open mics, but their influence was still felt there was there was a lot of like kind of fake people and i realized that there was too much gossip like if if i'm not a fan of an artist i can still sit down and have a drink with them or talk to them and be friendly but there's other you know groups of people got together where it was like oh we we're having an event where we don't want this guy to go. We're doing this. We don't want, we don't want this to Oh, it has to be this shape. And it was all kind of that kind of thing. Um, mainly online. And I just thought, you know what? I actually have realized that I'm performing too often. And I've forgotten how many poems I've written. Because what I do when I used to do the open mics is I'd actually improvise a poem before I went on stage. So I'd take poems with me that I'd already written. But they'd be back up. Um, I'd have a cocktail and I'd ask the host usually or just a random person what do you think my next poem should be about and that is how a lot of them got birthed into the world um, a lot of the more horrendous dark comedy ones anyway and that was really useful but after doing that for about eight months in a row I thought I'm actually at this point now where I feel sort of psychologically bloated I need to have a break from the scene and from like little undercurrents of drama and stuff. And I sat down for a while a few weeks ago and I realized I've accidentally written three new poetry books and didn't notice. So I'm now in the process of whittling those down. I'm probably just going to publish one of them. Um, I'm very critical of my own poetry. I published a serious poem to Instagram the other day. And as soon as I heard it back, I was like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. But people that have followed me for a while just appeared out of nowhere and like clicked the like button. And that very rarely happens on my Instagram because I'm sure I got shadow banned that time I told a racist person to step on a cartoon rake so it hit them in the face. Um, and I'm not sorry. <laughs> not sorry at all. It was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, so that's why I've kind of meandered away from poetry and, and in a weird way, meandered back. 
So the post on Substack basically is just covering what I'm planning to do with that poetry collection and the different names that you can give it. So I'm going to include the link to the Substack at the end of this podcast. But so far, the five titles that I'm having people vote for on Instagram, and well, it was seven, I've whittled it down to five for Substack. The five titles we've got, it's a comedy poetry collection, and the titles are Love Poems for People I Hate, Poems I Wrote on the Toilet, Flush Your Laureates Down the Toilet, Where's My Fucking Pulitzer, and None, You Can Comment Your Own Option. Which, funnily enough, would actually work as a book title because of the sort of irreverent humour that this one has. Uh, aside from that, the post details what I'm planning to do for 2024. I've got a list of 17 things, I think. No, 20 things. I'm going to just blast through them now. Travelling to Utah to help my pal Zach set up his car shop. I'm going to be doing some improv, com- <coughs> improv comedy there. Yeah, maybe I can't. I'm just shooting today. Oh, God. Returning to the UK just in time for the Telford Sci-Fi Convention in March. <coughs> Trying to post one writing excerpt per day on social media, so TikTok and Instagram, for all of 2024. I've already started doing that, and people seem to really like it. Uh, hopefully it results in you know enough sales that I can actually sort of go viral. Uh, <laughs> not a pun. Yeah, I could go viral and then, like, I, I kind of want to be one of those popular authors just so I can pick up one of my other author friends who's a lot more introverted than me and like shake them about and go, look, world, this person did a thing. Buy the thing from them. They need to pay the rent. Buy the thing. Uh, anyway, point four, publishing The Professor and the Tardigrade, a short story from Who Killed the Humans as a standalone short to all ebook platforms. Interestingly, that story wasn't, well-received by some scriptwriter friends I have, but it was well-received by a physicist, so I think it's perfect. Five, running a single ad that leads to my draft to digital author page where people can find every single book I've ever published. That's technically not true, but that's for a different story for a different time. This will help my visibility and get books I've co-authored, such as the Cosmic Comedy Collection, in front of more people. Getting my books into independent bookstores. I couldn't manage this until late 2023 as they used the Gardner system to buy books, which I couldn't access myself until recently when Draft2Digital announced the partnership with them. Getting my books into the big physical bookstores is point seven. It turns out Waterstones uses the very same system, but there's a catch. You need to be pretty popular to get your books featured there. I'm working on that. Interestingly, one of the uh, poets that I kind of have only met once but didn't get along with that well and just kept hearing drama about, um, has a hack for getting a book in Waterstones. Um, So I know how to do it, but it feels wrong, so I won't be doing it. I'm going to go about it in a legitimate sense. Um, So I'm just going to hope um, to whatever gods are out there that haven't died of old age or died because they've been forgotten about by the tribes that have been extinguished over the centuries. Pray to all of those fellas, and ladies as well, and shapeshifters that can be both, that my poetry book's just going to do okay, and I don't have to employ any weird tactics like when people buy 15,000 copies of their own book to get on the New York Times, and then wind up losing their house and having to build a hut out of their book, which is 
I was actually a subplot for Tinfoil Tim's stories and Who Built the Humans that I've just now remembered I edited out, and maybe I should edit it back in for Who Killed the Humans. About that, there was also a story called March of the Prayer Phage, which I completely removed from Who Built the Humans so I could make more room for Nori Furukawa's universe, especially the 10,000-word-long chapter in which Lax Morales gets shot. Um, spoiler alert. But that's kind of it's kind of an obvious thing in Earthloop that it's set before he gets shot. So you know he's going to die at the end of it. And it's fine. It's it's a big part of the narrative. It's not like a spoiler. It slight spoiler for Hubert Humes. Anyway, point eight, practicing my stand-up comedy at least once every week, whether that's outside, which is expensive, or on the internet, chance of having content deleted and people threatening to kill me. This ties into point three, as a lot of my writing is comedy. Yeah, by the way, I have actually received death threats for my atheist atheisty sense of humour before, which is interesting because I, I tend to run a lot of my jokes by my Catholic friends and they seem to find them quite funny. I have a theory that people on Twitter just go feral. Like you just the worst of people just comes out on Twitter. I know the worst of me comes out on Twitter. I'm genuinely evil on that. Anyway, point nine, bringing back Philip Carter's awkward re-entry, my sci-fi comedy show, which I'm honestly still surprised to fringe allowed the title of. Anyone who attended my Manchester Fringe show in July 2023 gets free entry to this one, whether it's an online or in-person show. I want to extend the same courtesy to people who pre-order my comedy poetry book, too. So basically, to cover that, if you went to my Manchester Fringe show, you get a free entry to the online version. It was only about, like, 40 people. I say that as a massive amount of people for a first-time comedian, isn't it? Especially considering they paid to be there and got me out of my overdraft. Um, I didn't don't think I thanked them enough on the night. I did thank them until it became uncomfortable, but I probably should have pushed it a bit further. Point 10. Publish that comedy poetry book. Read it at very serious and pretentious events. Play it deadpan. Try to convince people all of the stories are true. 11. Republish a novella and a short story from Who Built the Humans. Specifically, Beyond Uncertain Stars and Solipsism, respectively, in the hopes I can reach a wider readership for the full collection. I've just realised I typed in read instead of reach. Sometimes when I'm ill and I'm like completely out of it, it doesn't happen often, or if I'm really tired, I will supplant words with words that rhyme with the words. So I've typed read there instead of reach. That's very weird, but it... Like, I've noticed it happens, especially like, if I've been writing the Stephanie glitch at four or five in the morning, that the end parts of those chapters that I've been writing, they just have that weird error. And I don't know if any other writers do that. It's like sort of synesthesia editing problem. Anyway, 12. I'm going to publish my new novella, The Cosmonaut Who Died Twice, as an ebook basically everywhere. I'm also going to make, I might make that free for a month just to rack up the reviews, um, because I'd, I'd rather do that than just wait for a month for nobody to buy the damn thing. Um, number, point 13, think quite seriously about the Architects universe from Who Built the Humans, and if it's sequel in Who Killed the Humans, it's so long that the whole story is now basically a novella or not. That's a weird one. Uh, the character from the Architects universe now has a name. She's called Slinvec. And she discovers that the humans aren't actually extinct. There's humans living deep beneath the furnaces of their new world on Earth, in cave systems in Vietnam and such like. And that they're 
they're causing earthquakes. The humans, somehow, they've kind of redeveloped the technology after basically hiding away in the caves and going feral. They've recaptured, you know, human technology, their own technology, and they're using it to generate earthquakes in the hopes of completely shaking apart the foundations of this alien civilization that's built itself upon Earth after Earth was launched out of the solar system and quote-unquote saved by these aliens who then later used us as a video game. It's weird. I mean, it would, to be honest, a lot of other writers would probably turn that into a trilogy, but I like my storytelling to not be that bloated um, and to be quite dense as well because there's a lot you can imply for that story, you could just like have a line dropped in that just explains something. It doesn't need to be exposition, but it could be like, a hint at something. So you could say, oh, it's been 12,000 years since something happened, instead of just using those 12,000 years as an excuse to write another book. Um, but yeah, increasingly, I feel like that's probably going to be one of those universes that does kind of grow, um, much like the... Furukawa universe, and I actually was tempted to think about whether or not it connects to Annette's universe from Who Built the Humans, which is a parallel universe version of the Beyond Uncertain Stars universe, which one of Lax Morales' brothers visits. So all these universes do, in a way, connect together. Um, it's not in a way that you as a reader need to necessarily give a shit about, um, but if you're really dedicated, really into my stories, if you really love them, then you'll you'll bump into these links and you'll go, hang on a second, I remember this guy. I remember that person in that other story. Whereas if you're just enjoying the story on a more casual level, you don't need to know those references. So the stories still work. And that, that for me, is that's most of the development time, actually, is weaving this multiverse together in a way that works for both types of readers. Anyway, point 14. I'm going to publish a short story collection called Five Futures for Artificial Intelligence, which collects old and new writings around the topic of artificial intelligence into a single, easy-to-find volume. It's also part of a new series of books, which I might give the uninspiring title Short Collections, so it's easy to track down online. My, um... Talk to, point 15. Talk to fellow authors from the Cosmic Comedy Collection about whether they would like to be part of Five Futures for AI, as we could make the collection permanently free, so you can all enjoy it, and it helps advertise our other work, such as the Cosmic Comedy Collection. Edit. I've already done this. I've already spoken to the authors. I've got everybody's approval to do it, so we're going to do it. We're going to try and find some old stories that we've written, make them perma-free for you guys. And hopefully, for new readers, it will convince them to buy the Cosmic Comedy Collection because every author gets paid for it. You know, that's my goal is just to have something that brings us all together because we can all we all we all have the capacity to write sci-fi comedy, and that's something that has a really niche, hard-to-reach audience. So I figured, what if we all get together and make an anthology? I actually had the idea back in 2014 when I was at university, but I didn't know any other funny people at the time, apart from my friend Bill at uni, um, who I've since lost contact with. But if I if I bump into him again in the world, he'll be in the next one. Um, 16. On the topic of renaming series, I've now confirmed the existence of Who Killed the Humans?, and I'm thinking of dumbing down my online descriptions and simply calling those books 
the series for those books, story collections, so that anyone who scrolls past it online knows what its outermost, simplest surface is. Obviously, the books have a lot more depth than that, with their stories crossing over, intermingling, and being readable in different directions, but that's probably intimidating for some people. I say this from experience. I tried pitching it at a Honestly, at a book fair, and gave some poor lady a migraine. But if you look at the reviews, people love it. So it's a question of, I just need to find the right audience. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're most likely the right audience. Um, and if you're listening to this and you're not on my Substack, check it out, realphilipcarter.substack.com. realphilipcarter.substack.com. And you will quite easily find free short stories on there. They might not be mine but they will be science fiction stories. Um, I'm about to post some, actually, this Friday. Point 17, I will make a TikTok and Instagram content about how this time last year, I was pretty convinced I actually wanted to quit writing as I was tired of being broke. The content will cover what helped me realise I should keep going and how I plan to put out 10 books this year as opposed to 2020's singular book, which I've kind of been hoping has gone would like blow up since point 18 this one's this one stings a bit <laughs> i will buy a 400 pound pack of 100 isbn codes those are the barcodes for books so i can confidently get around to launching my paperback and ebooks for my upcoming poetry books and sci-fi books um point 19 i'll ask for your opinion on more stuff when i'm not 100 percent confident about a writing choice i will come here and say what you think and see what you think this will mean things get done quicker and you've had a part to play which was always important to me from the beginning that's kind of the point of the substack and having an author instagram back in 2018 to say hello audience i've written a story here's three titles for the story what do you think the story should be called because i think writing is like a deeply isolating thing and that's perhaps why i've shied away from the performance as well because even even as you're on stage even as in my case i've had people literally line up to congratulate me on how good i've been at hosting i'd get home and i'd realize i'm still alone you know i've not i've not got that continuous sense of community i'm kind of like burst onto the stage and then i'm just filed away somewhere um and I realise I'm not an introvert. I used to think I was an introvert, but it turns out it just a lot of people I hung out with were assholes, and I didn't want to hang out with them. But now I know, like, some of you guys I know quite well, and I've got people that follow me on Twitch TV and watch my Minecraft streams. I've got friends on Twitter, and it is weird, because if the internet gets turned off, I'll lose all those connections. But what I won't lose is the inspiration they've given me and the connections to other avenues of thinking and looking at stuff. And that's really important. I think what I need to do, my issue then basically socially was financial. So I was broke for a while until recently, like quite a long while. I was just like constantly scraping the barrel. Um, And I've since I've got out of that situation, I'm alive, I'm okay. You know, I've got a family to rely on, so I've got a warm bed. The bottom half of it is warmer than it should be because there's a cat on it. Um, But yeah, I've got a warm bed. Everything's going okay. Um, And I forgot what I was talking about because of this fever headache. Probably would have been wise to not do this podcast, but I wanted to show you all how dedicated I am. 
to the podcasting thing. Um, if I do do a live stream today, I'm not having my camera on because I look disgusting. Oh yeah, there's also a poem after the uh, before the poll. So I'm going to read you the poem now because we're now like what 24 minutes in. Yeah, I'm going to read you the poem. Let's see what you think of it. It's called "This Poem Was Not Sponsored by Leeches." You've heard it before, you know all the puns about which one's the parasite and which one's the fun, but there's truth in the statement, so here's another. It's better to have a leech than a lackluster lover. Yes, it's better to love those slimy old creatures than some lackluster lover with comparable features, because leeches are better, I've known from the start. That they might take your blood, but they won't take your heart. I've, it's people like you who push me too far, who fall for any guy in a nice enough car, who waste all their time on some girl from some bar, who strums her heartstrings to any guy with a guitar. Yeah, find them in the bookstore browsing romance, but they're only in there to get into your pants. He wants you uncovered from cover to cover. It's better to love a leech than some lackluster lover. Um, and that could be a whole poem on its own, but it's actually three times longer than that in the full book. Um, the original title for the book was going to be Thoughts I Funk Near a Street Lamp That One Time, a satire of the sort of armchair philosopher poet. But I've more recently discovered that any successful poetry book online says pretty plainly what it does in its title. They often include the word poetry or poems in the title as well. I think because poets actually know quite a bit about search engine optimization and not so much about writing poetry these days, which is weird. And I'm not sorry for making that point. So yeah, we've got love poems for people I hate. Poems I wrote on the toilet. Flush your laureate down the toilet. That's a fan favourite. Where's my fucking Pulitzer? And none in which you can comment your own opinions. So I'm going to include a link to the Substack post on this Spotify episode. Do a little clicky-clicky on that. You can go and vote. I think you might have to be a subscriber. You can use a burner email. I don't send emails to people that often. Uh, but I won't be offended if you feel inclined to use a burner email because you don't want to hear about my time-travelling crab stories. I get it. You know, it's not for everyone. But whoever it is for, they kind of like it. So, yeah, I'm going to go and maybe see if I can make a 2 a.m. curry or cry myself to sleep or hang myself upside down off the end of my bed in the hopes that the virus pours out of my eye sockets, streaming out of my tear ducts like laser beams or something like that. I want I want this nightmare to <laughs> I never get ill. And when I get ill, I get really, really angry for some reason. I just hate it. I hate it so much. So I needed to I need this this stream. This uh, live uh, not live stream podcast. This podcast episode was well overdue. I needed to get back into it. So I'm gonna try and do one maybe every Friday. Maybe every Monday, because I do Free Fiction Friday. I can't decide. I don't want to email you guys too often. Um, maybe I'll just have the podcast as a link on the end of the Substack. We'll see. We will see. And that might be another poll. You know, like people can decide when it is. I mean, Bill Burr's one is on Monday, so I've got quite a lot of competition there. It'd be great if I could get on Bill Burr's podcast sometime. That would that would be a dream. It'd be a dream come true. Let's Let's try and manifest that. And by manifest, I mean work towards it and make it happen instead of just sitting in a room thinking about it. I'll see you later, everyone. Bye.